And welcome to your Drunk Ants Book Club. I'm Rachel. I'm Shelly. I'm Caroline. And this is the podcast where we, your proverbial drunk ants, discuss and defile your favorite book. We are talking about Rachel's pick. That's me. Um, <laughs> it's Americana by Chimamanda Ngoza Dichi, mm-hmm. which I'm so good. It's really hard to mm-hmm. say. I'm impressed, actually. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so the reason that I chose this book this month, um, it's a reread for me. The first time I read it, it just, it shook me. It was such a cool perspective on something that I had never really read about, or Mm -hmm. I don't know if I just had never been um, around a lot of immigrants, but it just was a great immigrant story about just the day-to-day life, the minutia of being an immigrant in America, and especially coming from Africa and from um, just such a different background, and then observing coming into your own as a person in America and realizing the different intricacies of especially the way that we see race in this country. So I chose it to reread because I wanted to go back to it myself and because I thought it would be a really cool discussion in this day and age because it's so much more of a public discussion with social media and all that than it used to be. Right. Um, Um, mm -hmm. Shelly here, and I am taking the role of the listener today and going to be asking questions to Caroline and Rachel because I wasn't able to get around to the book. And um, so with that, I'm going to be chiming in as part of, like you guys would do, asking questions to our email and social media. And hopefully I'm going to be able to generate some good conversation today. Yeah. Love it. Me too. And I think that's totally fair. I mean, that's like any book club. Anybody who's in a book club knows that, you know, <laughs> a lot of times yeah. it literally just, you don't get to it. And right. that is totally fine. But you can still have really that's fun why, conversation. Yeah. I'm excited. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Let's I was, dive right in. Yeah. yeah. Carolyn, what did you think about the book? Um, so I have mixed feelings. I liked it because it brought a new perspective and really made me think. And then... I didn't like it because there wasn't necessarily a plot. Like you said, it was like a slice of life, her experience. Um, It just like day-to-day things that, you know, they go through. And and part of that, too, could be because I can't relate. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm a white girl, obviously. Yeah. I'm not an immigrant. Mm -hmm. I can't relate to these things. And... And so I didn't get a chance to have a lot of feelings while reading it. And I think that was sometimes hard for me. Like, mm-hmm. and I don't even want to say like I can empathize because I, I can't. Right. Yeah. I think that's you know? really important to say right yeah. off the bat is like, we have all been a little bit nervous to be honest about mm-hmm. recording this episode because it, for sure, the book is so intense and it gets really, really deep in there about these race relations. And we are a room of white girls. So part of me in my head is just like, who are we to even discuss this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I know that this is not a going to be a super well-rounded conversation or like have so many different perspectives. And that's really hard to approach knowing that mm-hmm. this is going out into a public sphere. But, right. Totally. Um, this is an important conversation for anyone to have. And I think it's a really good um, opportunity for us to identify within ourselves kind of where our prejudices are and Mm. where our shortcomings are and where our um, strengths are in being allies and um, open-minded about and mindful. Yeah. Yeah, And I think, I think it's important to be honest too. Like I was nervous. I was talking to Rachel before. I'm like, I'm super nervous to be honest about what I think about the, like, I don't want to not like the book because then I, you know, I don't, I don't want it to be bad, but then, you know, I can't love it because I can't relate. And that's usually what makes me love a book. Um, but 
I think there's some really good writing and content and conversation sparkers in this book. Agreed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the first time I read this book, it was like, ever since I've read it, I have cited it as like a top five favorite book ever of mine. Um, And that was the very first time I read it was right after it came out. And I just reread it, obviously, for the second time this month to record this podcast thinking, oh, I can't wait to be shook again. And (laughs) it was really, really interesting rereading it. Um, It didn't Because how old were you when you first read it? I was maybe 24. Okay. Yeah. So it was like maybe five years ago. Right. Um, And it just was such a different perspective than I had ever heard about before. So I think that maybe the reason reading it back this time, I I didn't feel as shook by it as I did the first time. And I think that that was in large part because, I mean, yes, A, it was a reread. Like Mm -hmm. basic, like that's, I'm not going to have the same reaction to something the second time that I read it. Um, But also I think it's, really cool that none of these seemed like super new ideas to me or a lot of it was really groundbreaking still. And for me to reread it, I was like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's wild. The different perspectives that come around from just where you're raised and how you see the world. Um, but I think that the race conversation is something that each and every one of us is having more often. Yeah. And it's so much more prevalent in, um, social media and in everyday conversation about like, where we're at as a nation, as a people, trying to embrace that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And and I also feel like it feels awkward yeah. sometimes to talk about it, and you, like, don't want to say the wrong thing. But also, at the same time, I think that it's better just to be open and curious and honest about yeah. Our thoughts, you know? It's all we can do right now. Um, I mean, because I feel like I grew up in the South, but I didn't grow up, grow up like, super sheltered or anything, you know? Like, I had um, some super good African-American friends in middle school and high school. Um, and then, like, to me, like, I didn't see... Obviously, we see race. I mean, we do. Yeah. But... It wasn't a thing for me. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. Um, I, know. I know. Until someone else brought it up. Then yeah. it made me think about things. But from the book, reading the book, you know, for her in the book, it was always a thing. Like right. everywhere she went, she noticed things. But and I that realized. Was in America, too. Yeah. So she says in the book, like, she didn't know she was black until she got to America. Because we're like in Nigeria, it was just sort of one race. And she didn't realize when she got to America, it was like this whole shocking thing. Because not only do we tend to break up different races and like our races are pretty separated, but also like within races, like we have tiering systems that you just don't realize are an ingrained part of who, like how your brain works in um, like putting forward these prejudices and they're complete blind prejudices and prejudices that you don't realize exist. And until I'm like reading this book and realizing her experience, I'm like, Oh my gosh, that is how my brain sorts the information. Yeah. And and I don't want to get this wrong, but if I do, that's, I mean, that's part of me being white, but I think it's interesting that um, she mentioned how there's a difference in African American and American African. Yes. But like to me, Anyone that I would see on the street, I would say African-American. Yeah. So she talks a lot about um, 
the American tendency to want to be super politically correct. Yeah, which I was like, that's me. Mm -hmm. And here we are, you know, like really shying away from, um, like, it's really difficult to get on the microphone and have this conversation knowing that we are not qualified to have this conversation. But but I would hope that anyone that knows us in real life knows that our intentions are good and like we respect everyone and, and we are all different. That's what makes it awesome. Yes. And that was kind of a takeaway from this book too, is in the book, she was talking a lot about how like one of the biggest praises that well-meaning white people will give themselves is that they're colorblind. They don't even see race. And she's like, Oh yeah, that's bullshit. Like, yes, you do. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. But what you need to do is realize that everyone's equal and sort of, um, embrace equality versus not even noticing differences and embracing differences and realizing that like those are beautiful differences but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they exist and we notice them and right. I, I like, love that you said that because I have said before which reading this book made me think crap like I mm-hmm. said that oh, I have too I've, I've said every single one of these things that she oh, says yeah. well-meaning white people say this yes. and this and this and I'm like oh so my gosh I have, you're right I have said before regarding Sparrow who's my daughter if anyone listening didn't know she's two but I have said before like I don't want her to see race but that is so Mm -hmm. like no like she's gonna see it and and what I mean by that is like difference right and what I mean by saying that is that I don't want her to treat people differently like in a negative way because of their race like I want her to see people as people right like that's that's what I'm trying to say but the way that I have said it comes across as like I don't want her I want her to see black people as white and white as black and it's all the same it's not the same and she mentions that in the book like it's not the same there was even one part where she was with one of her boyfriends and someone asked to touch her hair oh yeah that was so (laughs) interesting to me because they had never felt hair like that before Uh and wild yeah and she was super open to it. And then her boyfriend said something like, wow. He's dating it was a white so guy. so weird. Yeah. He's like, why yeah. would you do that? And she was like, they may not ever have a chance to see what it feels like. And I love I love that if Emelie, I'm going to screw yeah. that name up, um, was so open to it. Because, I mean, I'm curious, you know, like, mm-hmm. it's just, I, used, I had a coworker that was African-American and, like, she was beautiful, but the diff- we would talk about the differences in our hair, you know? Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and I mean, we're different and yeah. that's what's cool about it. Right. And it, it was really interesting to, um, to read about like the fact that I never would have thought about the fact that she lives in Princeton at the beginning of the book and she has to go to a different town to have her hair done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Cause there was nobody in Princeton who could do black hair yeah and you don't want them to like fry it off right or and like what they would call relaxing or something would be Uh different for us right the terms are different Mm -hmm. and then she also runs into the person is it to have her eyebrows waxed oh my god i wanted to slap that lady yeah so kurt is having her um you know gives her a spa day and says I think it was Kurt and mm-hmm. says, why don't you just go pamper yourself? So she's going to go get her eyebrows waxed. And it, I really, I think it was ignorance. It was just, mm-hmm. she said, we don't do curly, curly, right. Which made no sense to me, even as no, but then if a made a good point where she's just like, she really might not have known that 
she might have just thought that black people eyebrows are the same as black hair and that it really was a different texture because some hairstylists, you know, don't know how to handle oh, right. black hair. Yeah. And so she, she was like, I just want her to know that it's the same. Like she may have never right. been in this conversation or been in this situation to. So was she super patient? With people throughout the book, she was. it sounds, sounds like she's very patient, very patient. Yeah. which was a cool, yeah, to yeah, just like get her perspective on everything. Oh my gosh, yeah. So whenever, even beyond race, like when she gets mm-hmm. to America and she doesn't yet have a job, it, it's kind of any immigrant situation mm-hmm. where you're waiting for a work visa. Um, so she doesn't have a work visa when she gets here, so she is strapped for money. Uh, so at the beginning of the book, one of the most tense situations is she just doesn't know how her bills are going to get paid. She's got a boyfriend who loves her back home. Um, but she ends up having to basically do sexual favors oh, for yeah. this perverted oh, white man yeah. who says that he'll pay her a hundred dollars. I can't. And that for a massage, a massage. I'm like, yeah. what kind of mas- we know My what kind of massage you're talking yeah. about. Mm-mm. That. So I just, oh my gosh, yeah, you put yourself in that situation where it's like, okay, she's She's broke and Mm -hmm. desperate, and somebody's offering to give her $100 for an hour's work. Right. (laughs) And she doesn't know going into it necessarily that it'll be sexual, but she goes with it because... She's hoping it won't be, but then she's like, I feel like it is. Yeah. So what do you think the author was trying to show there? With by letting the character do that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just the desperation of coming to America and it's just not all rainbows and sunshine. Yeah. You know, like it's always made out to be. Yeah. There's so many opportunities here that are Mm -hmm. painted all over the world where it's just like, Oh, go to America and things will be great. And I think she's kind of pointing out like, you got to work your ass off to get to where it's going to be great. And also showing up and not realizing that race is going to be such a thing when you get here because it just, it doesn't exist in the same way where she's from. So that's yeah. so when you just like said that, that was her place. so crazy mm-hmm. Yeah, that she didn't even realize or recognize that before mm-hmm. coming to the United States. And even like some of the advice and things that um, people were giving her because she wasn't getting a job. Like it took her a really long time to get a job and yeah. they were like, well, you need to relax your hair. It's your hair. You can't have braids. Uh-huh. Like, stuff like that. And I'm like, what? Like, they think you're more professional if your hair is, looks like white people hair, basically. Mm-hmm. And that blew... And she wasn't getting all these jobs, and she didn't know why. And it's still... I mean, obviously never told us, like, what the... What they were... The bosses, what was behind their, you know, thought process. But it was obvious that... There was prejudice. She had an accent, and she had braids. And natural and she, hair. Yeah. And, oh, yeah, that's interesting yeah. how they talked about even, like, in the community, how they talked about the difference between, like, natural hair, relaxed hair, and braids. Right. I don't even know if I'm using the correct terms, but, like, how even they see each other a little bit differently mm-hmm. depending on their hair. What did they rank it as? Like, if you had braids or natural hair, you were more So prominent. she, like, goes to the hair salon. She makes this conscious effort or conscious decision that she's going to go with her natural hair as sort of like a um, an empowerment move and a just getting back to her natural Roots. self. Mo- and yeah. home, back home. Yeah, and yeah. just kind of being like, I'm not playing this game anymore. I'm mm-hmm. going to go back to my natural hair. Natural is beautiful. I don't see why I should have to 
ruin my hair basically to fit into your society. Mm -hmm. So she finds this really awesome online community that she is active in and is able to like figure out, you know, get tips and tricks on how to treat her natural hair because it's a process and how, uh, just like they share pictures of each other and give each other encouragement and say, stick through it. Like you're doing great. And so she finds that community, which is great, but she still ends up kind of going back and forth of just like, I'm not comfortable or like I want yeah. a different hairstyle or whatever. And when she goes to a hair salon to, you know, have them just treat it in some way, even the stylist is just like, girl, let me fix your hair. Oh gosh. Yeah. And so it's just like a constant <laughs> uh-huh. ed- edification of the masses that <laughs> she is embarking on. Poor thing. I just, I think she does a great job of oh, being yeah. patient and open and like helping to, even though it's not her responsibility. And it's so interesting too, like, because let's just say us three, like, do you think that we would or would not get a job based on our hair? No. No. Yeah, I don't either. Yeah. And and that's so, like, that wouldn't even be a thought. Right. Like, I would be like, oh, my hair needs to look good. But that wouldn't even be on my radar. You right. Know, like it was for her. It That just blows my mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so interesting to me. Just like the hair thing in general. Mm-hmm. Blew my mind. Yeah wild um so we can get into like a couple of discussion questions too and Shelly if you have any questions like ask us we'd love to yeah. talk yeah. about it too um so this was a good one these are just pulled from online but how does how much does and we kind of have already talked about this but how much does your own race mm. affect how you read and how you understand this book or any book that you've read a lot right yeah especially because kind of like I said at the beginning I've I've find myself drawn to books I can relate to and I couldn't relate right. to this book at all. And that's fine. And I want to read books right. like that. Like right. I want to read different books, but <clears throat> I was even like texting a friend earlier this week and I was like, I've been really having a hard time with books from other cultures. And I think it's because I can't relate. Yeah. And, and I mean, that is, I mean, I don't want to say it's my own fault, but like, I mean, it's just natural. Like, right. Mm-hmm. The, I, the writing um, was good. I, mm-hmm. I love that yeah. part. Even though I didn't get to, you know, get to the book, it is on my list, and I have it downloaded on my Kindle. Mm-hmm. I just need to make that mm-hmm. clear. But I did um, buy, or so I have a book club separate from this podcast, and we chose one of the books we chose was All the Hate You Give. Mm-hmm. I haven't read that one. Um, and it. And I don't, again, I can't relate it to this book, but it was from an African-American perspective um, with cops and law enforcement. Mm -hmm. And it was really eye-opening for that aspect too. And so to go back to your question, like that was something that made me be like, okay, this is different from what I experience. And this is why and how these things can happen. And it Mm -hmm. it was a really good book eye-opening yeah it's it was similar our book club caroline and i are in mm. a couple book clubs together actually too, outside of the too podcast many. too many we got so many books a month uh but one of one month we chose <laughs> an american marriage to read which mm-hmm. is also from the black perspective and while again i think it was really well written i i did admittedly have a hard time relating yep. to the characters and a lot of it i think boils down to cultural references um and the black experience, which I wish I was able to identify more with as far as reading it as a piece of literature. Like I wish that I could be 
more invested, but it's just situations that I don't relate to. Some of them, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, that was a hard book for yeah. sure. I mean, I loved it's just, that book. I know you did. <laughs> we can talk about that later. Yeah. But, you know, I just, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think definitely where you come from and who you are skews. I don't want to say skews, but it changes right. your perspective on different books. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just part of it. I think it's not good or bad. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. What about, um, we kind of mentioned this earlier and that it might be like part of your next question, but when she was in the retail store and someone was trying to describe who helped her and she was like, Oh, she has yeah. brown hair. She's whatever. Uh-huh. So and it sounds like there's a white, um, a white person working the and cash a black register. Girl. Yes, a white person working the register, yeah. and then there is if two Amelia associates. and her friend Jenica are going to check out. Yeah. Yes, and so for a commission's sake, mm-hmm. the cat, the whoever's working at the cash register is trying to ask what the name of the girl was who helped Ifemelu, and if Ifemelu's like, I don't, I don't know what her name was, and so the basically the gist of it was the girl was beating around the bush trying to ask, you know, <laughs> what she liked looked like without saying. Was it the white girl or was it the black girl? <laughs> Can you guys hear Soma barking in her sleep? Yeah. <laughs> That's a dog that you hear whining. Oh, whimpering in the background. On Instagram. Yeah. She's yeah. pretty cute. <laughs> she's dreaming about the book. Clearly, we're not interesting her <laughs> at <laughs> all. No, she's bored. <laughs> yeah, but no, it's just really, really interesting. and something I definitely have done oh, myself. I see I've it happen all the it. time. But if Amelia's point was... Like, why beat around the bush? Why not say, was the girl black or was or white. she white? Right? Like, mm-hmm. here's the easiest way to... Like, it's it, physically how you look. It's not a racist thing to observe, which gets back to what she was I've saying about, like, you're not oh, colorblind. I know. I know. But you're getting back to the point of, like, this is... Like, your color doesn't describe you. Or it, your color right. is not who you are as a person, but mm-hmm. it is a descriptor, so that's okay. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. Not, yeah. Yeah, you don't have to beat around the bush necessarily as much as you want to. And that part <laughs> got me because I have done that exact oh, same thing. Too. So Rachel and I used to work at Anthropology together. She still works there. Um, and then I used to be the store manager there. And I literally have done that same thing. And we didn't do commission, but it was like, uh-huh. you know... And not even me, like the customers would say like, oh my God, I love the girl, you know, that was helping me up in the fitting room. I'm like, oh, who was it? And they're like trying to describe her. I'm like, is she black? And they're like, yeah. Why would you ask that? (laughs) I'm like, it's totally fine. Like, you know, we know she's black. Yeah. yeah. And like, but, but they wouldn't say that about, I I don't think like Mm -hmm. if it was like a white lady, they would say it's the white girl. I mean, I don't know. It just, yeah. I don't, it seemed weird to me, but for us, like we knew them, they knew us, like our yeah. coworkers. So to them, they, they wouldn't be like, oh, you're, you're being yeah. rude. Right. Like, right. And I'm that, black, I think white. it's the only time that, that it's like, okay, to like say that you're colorblind or whatever is, I, I really don't think many, if any people are colorblind at the get go. But no. now, I mean, like once you get to know people, it's just like any human looks or whatever, like you don't notice those things about somebody after you know them but I don't think it's wrong to use it as a descriptor no no and that's so funny to hear it put that way because that Mm -hmm. is what it is but then I know I've overthought that whole Mm -hmm. um the whole idea of it like um yeah she had brown hair you know brown hair (laughs) yeah okay (laughs) 
Okay, yeah. and then then they say the person's <laughs> like, name, and I'm and like, yeah, Emily talks in the book too about the play, the family that she's a nanny for. Um, the aunt always just saying, or the mom of that family always saying, like, oh, she's beautiful. <laughs> and if Emily knows, oh my God, she's talking that. about a black person mm-hmm. because she goes on and on about how Every she's time. beautiful. Yeah. And you're like, she's black. Yeah. Yeah. But I was just dying laughing. I'm like, yep, I've also done that. Yeah. That's true. That's why I love this book so much is it was, it's just sort of a wake up call to realize, like call out those things in everyday life, those little micro actions that are there. I mean, it's reality. It's how we live life. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important to sort of be have that brought to your attention, I guess. So to kind of flip it a little bit, um, like when people use descriptors, like they'd be like, Oh, it's the skinny girl with blonde hair and a big nose. Like that would be me. Um, <laughs> like yeah, how is that, you know, any different? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's, well, cause weight is a huge, like touchy subject, you know, yeah. it's oh, the heavy set girl, yeah. mm-hmm. but you know what I mean? So I just feel like, all of it is so interesting to me and how yeah. we approach it, how other people approach it according oh. to who they're talking to is yep. like if I was super, super overweight and someone was trying to describe another overweight person to me, they wouldn't say yeah. like they they're would kind they of bigger. Right. Yeah. They wouldn't. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. speaking of, so yeah, I mean, obviously race is like a huge thread throughout this, but what about weight? Do you remember Ifemelo talking about how weight is such, there's a, such a different relationship between weight in America and weight in Nigeria? Because for instance, call, like telling somebody that they're putting on weight or like that they're looking thick or whatever in Nigeria is a compliment. Girl, you if you lose yeah. too much weight in Nigeria, they think uh-huh. that you're something's sick wrong. or something's wrong or yeah. Mm-hmm. So whereas here, we're just like, get me as skinny as possible. And or this yeah. is like Nightmare. fed to us through the media, yeah. but like the thinner, the better. And she was just like, I'm eating what I want to eat. And like, I think I look great. And then somebody's pointing out the fact that I, like, why am I thinking about losing weight? Yeah. Like she talks about her boobs at one point or something like that. Yeah. I think that's so interesting. And I think that as a society, we have a huge, like weight is just, I mean, I think health is important. Yes. But I think that there's so much put on weight. And it just ruins our mindset. And I mean, I think it goes both ways. Like, I know, like I have been at, I just specifically remember I've been at an event before and someone has been like, oh, you need to get two plates of food. Like, (laughs) cool. Like that, like it goes both ways, you know, like that doesn't feel good. Right. Either. True. Basically having anyone judge your appearance. Exactly. Yeah. That's the whole point of it. Basically. We should just steer away from that. Yeah. (laughs) All of the above. Yeah, yeah. But, more but, than our exterior. Yeah. Yes, and that's so true. It's like if you need to know counts. someone, no matter who they are, you and if you'll just open up to them and they open up to you, you could really gain some some friends. Yes. Some real life connections for sure. Absolutely. I love that. That's what I love so much about our book club. Yes. The one book club that Rachel and I in, I think we're all so so different. We come from different backgrounds, we have different stories and that's what's really shout out to cool. boot club. Boot club. <laughs> I still can't say it right, but um, I just think that is what makes book clubs fun. You yeah. know, everyone's take on the book and it's what their background. To start this podcast too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So back to the book. Okay. Yeah. Um. So I'm wondering, did she talk about any 
anything about white girls who are like, well, I mean, I have black friends. Yeah. I want to know what, what, uh-huh. what that perspective was. Because so as we're talking. I think it was a blog post, right? Where she's. Yeah, because she had a blog mm-hmm. about like her experiences. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so she did put up a blog post about like basically if a white person mm-hmm. says my very best, my very best friend is black, black, like 90% yeah. of the time they're lying yeah. probably <laughs> or they're just like they do have a close like, friend right. who is black. But right. like usually white people are putting that out there as like showing evidence that they're not racist. Right. right. So that's like one of the a go-to phrase for a white person to be like, I'm not racist. My best friend is right. Black. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, and literally what is coming that? out of your or mouth? How many times yeah. have you? Yeah. Like, I think I said it at the beginning of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying, but for real though, I mean, that's, I don't know. That's a way to like wanting to be look inclusive or feel, I don't know. Yeah. Defensive. I don't know what it is. Cause mm-hmm. I know that I, I mean, just being candid. I feel like I can get defensive sometimes. Mm-hmm. Oh, for it's so we're easy. human. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and th- honestly, that was part of the hard part of reading this book too. Is coming away and not knowing where my place was to even have this conversation. Yeah, like part of it felt like I just need to sit down, take a back seat, and mm-hmm. listen, mm-hmm. which yeah. I thought was you know a seventeen-hour audiobook of listening, mm-hmm. and it God. felt good to just hear another perspective. Mm-hmm. It was long. It was long. I, I love Rachel, and this, <laughs> and I'm glad we read this book. But I was like, you had to pick that seventeen-hour audible. <laughs> I'm this. Yeah, but no, that's why part of why it resonated with me so much was the opportunity to just sit down and listen to another perspective that I don't get very often. Right. So while it's not something I might am able to empathize with in the definition sense of empathy, empathy where it's you're feeling what they feel, the sympathy was there. And like being able to hear these experiences is leading me closer to true empathy and being able to. Right. Cause they don't want, relate. nobody wants sympathy. Right. You know, people right. want empathy. And that I think as white people is something we have to work on. I mean, it has to be, an active progress, active something that you're trying for, right? Is to get to true empathy. Mm-hmm. Can we talk about her nephew? Oh, DK, and his suicide attempt. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So DK. I I couldn't really like they they did talk about it, but what do you think, Rachel, was the root um, cause that led him to that decision? It was a suicide attempt, right? He, like, ate a bottle of Tylenol. Is that right? Yeah, basically. Yeah. And he was, he's, like, a teenager. So, I don't know. And, like, their, like, his mom's perspective of it was, like, he's a teenager. Like, this is what they do, kind of. I don't know. I thought that was super interesting. Do you think, like, what he's going through at school, the race situation, his friends? Because they kind of let on that most of his friends were white. Mm -hmm. And... But they He's all, in a very white area. Right, but yeah. then they also were like, but they love him. They always look to him for stuff. But what do you, like, how do you think that played into his mental yeah. stability? I was a little bit taken by that whenever it came out that he had tried to attempt suicide because it seemed out of character for DK from what you get to know about him. But it was good commentary on the fact that suicide rates in black teenagers is rising. And mm-hmm. that's something to look at. And it is something to kind of question and figure out, like, What's the root of this? Why is that? And I think it's all of the things that you just said. I mean, I'm, I'm no psychologist. I don't know the answers to this. 
Yeah. Um, but I think it's an important conversation to kind of look and see how we're treating our fellow humans. Mm-hmm. I mean, bullying is up. Um, I don't know. Shelly, you might be able to speak better to this. Yeah, I haven't looked at the statistics lately, but I mean, suicide rates are definitely rising. Um, Tragic. But just... I don't ever usually get the breakdown in terms of race. We get them per age when we do mm-hmm. our trainings. So, Which is also interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, I think that it's all, it works together, like race, age, background, your family. I mean, he came from like a single mom home. You know, I think there's a lot that plays into that. A lot of demographics mm -hmm. play into it. Yeah, for sure. sure. But just that, I mean, they didn't spend a lot of time on it in the book, but it was in there. And I thought that it really showed his struggle to fit in. Yeah. And I think it was also a good narrative tool too, for her to kind of get back to her family. Cause she had mm-hmm. kind of gotten yeah. into a different part of her life where she like wasn't visiting as often. So it like was her reason to come back to the family and like really invest and kind of look at DK and be like, I love you so much. What happened? What can mm-hmm. I do to help you? So then he That's comes so back hard. and visits her in Nigeria at the end of the book. And like, did you guys cry at any part? I didn't, but I, didn't. Um, I did the first I time around. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. What, what do you this is kind of like towards the beginning what what did you think like why do you think she ghosted um what's his name obense yeah oh obense. i think it was because of the gym teacher that she had sex with the tennis coach yeah the, the tennis creepy, coach i could just yeah. picture him and these oh, short, he's got a beer belly. He smells shorts. bad he's lonely he's in this weird house obense oh, is nasty who y'all are describing or the, no, tennis, the coach. tennis coach? The one who needed some massaging. Obenze is oh. like the love of her life <laughs> who lives back in Nigeria and she comes to America and they're still dating and together and his ultimate goal is to get to America. And okay. so they're talking and um, every day they have great communication, that sort of thing. And all of a sudden she just drops off and it, I think it gets down to just the guilt she felt over and the embarrassment over like, this is what I did for a hundred bucks. Yeah. And she was, yeah, just ashamed and embarrassed. Why did and she come to the United States to quote unquote live a better life? Because the universities in Nigeria were on strike all oh, the time. Like okay. all the time on strike. No schooling was getting done. Her aunt already lived here with DK. Her aunt is a doctor. Right. Was okay. becoming a doctor. And so um, she offered it to Ifemelu and Obenze was like, you need to go. Yeah. Like, this is your chance. You need to go do it and he actually went to England mm-hmm. at some point in the book and really struggled to got deported needed like a fake marriage it was heartbreaking his story was heartbreaking to it me. is sad yeah mm-hmm. and then he gets back to Nigeria and is like crazy wealthy like strikes it rich so I mean it all Ching works tang. out yeah mm-hmm. but he's he's married yeah Look, can we talk about the ending yeah, spoiler alert coming ahead in case none of this has spoiled anything for you. <laughs> okay, so I didn't like it. What did you, th- like, I didn't. Okay, what didn't you like? The very last chapter, when Obenze comes to her, I didn't like this part, but this is maybe just the conservative in me, that when he comes to her house, and he, like, knocks on the door, and he, they haven't talked or anything. She's back in Nigeria, BTW. Okay. Um, finally. And so he comes to her house and knocks, and to just summarize, he says something like, it 
you know, it's always been you. My wife was just there. I don't really remember the yeah. words, but basically he was just, yeah, girl. So basically he just is like, leaves his wife and kids. One kid. One kid. Yeah. Okay. Leaves his kids and is like, I want to be with you. And she like, there she think, she's thinking about stuff in her head. And then the last line is like, come in. And that's it. By the way, he, yeah. And okay. They love each other. They've loved each other from the beginning. I get it. But for me, like if I was that wife. Were you not pulling for them the whole time? No. Oh, no. interesting. Okay. okay. But hold on. Why? How are they each other's love of their lives if he was married? Like high school sweethearts. High school sweethearts. She ghosted him once she got to America. And she okay. had to do that for okay. money. Mm-hmm. Completely cut him off. He kept calling her, calling her, calling her. Okay. And then she completely cut him off. So, basically, she finally, like, he keeps trying over the years, like, occasionally trying to get in touch with her and all that. Um, and then, finally, he, she contacts him, too, whenever she gets back to Nigeria. She decides to move back to Nigeria, so she gets there, so and when she's she like, mo- I'm going to give him a call. When she moves back and gives him a call, does she know he's married? Yes. Mm-hmm. So, did his mom die? Yeah. And that's when... And she okay. was close to his mom. Okay. Yeah. Okay, okay She okay. finds out that his mom has died. And this was a, a couple years before she moves mm-hmm. back. And that's the first kind of contact back. She's like, I'm yeah. so sorry that I've ghosted you, but I'm so sorry about your mom. I loved her. She was an amazing person. Please call me. I would love to talk to you. I just like... I don't like... I don't care if they have a love story. And I think this is what books do to you. I don't Ooh, care. Here we go. Listen, I don't care what their history is. If He's you married. have a wife and a kid... This is just me. No, not everyone's going to agree. I totally get that, but... Well, you throw in the kid. Yeah. I'm just right. You the need, wife, who cares? No, I'm kidding. To, <laughs> you need to, like, work it out with her. Try to work it out with her first. But and it, it didn't say if he did or didn't, but I'm just saying, like, what oh, about what about some commitment to your family? I agree. Listen, no, I but agree. go back to the culture, too, because... That's true. He's, like, at that... cultural. The, the city that he goes to for that business thing, and he was going to invite if I'm able to go and then he's like, maybe that's not the best idea. So he's talking this out with one of his friends and is like, I think it was one of his friends, but he's like talking through the whole situation that's going on. And he's just like, well, I'm in love with her, but I'm married. And the guy basically Mm -hmm. was like, why are you freaking out about this? Like, just, go do it with Ifemelu and like stay with your wife. Yeah. And that's wrong too. He was just yeah, like, that's I, what all of these like high class people do. It's cold. It's, it just, it's I was going to say it's a cultural thing yeah. over there too. I want to like, your wife deserves it? your loyalty to just it? like stay mm-hmm. with her, but like so whatever you want like, on the side. I feel like 30 years ago, not maybe more than that, 50 years ago here, it was okay too. Yeah. I mean, I think there's some circles in which but, it still happens today. Here. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's okay, but. No. And, and I just, I, this is coming from the wife and mom perspective, like that kid, you know yeah. what I'm saying? I don't know. I didn't like that. Like I wanted them to be together before that. Yeah. Or if he was already divorced for whatever reason, that would be different too. Right. He does end up leaving, but he definitely is cheating on his wife the whole time. Or once he gets back with Boo. Ifemelu. Yeah. So that and stinks. But he does end up leaving her. Yeah, no. I don't Ifemelu. like that. And also, like, what about the fact that um, <laughs> she calls him ceiling? Oh, yeah. Well, Did you hear why? Yeah, but she continues to call him that. I know. It's so When you're just fr- uh, so hey, ceiling. <laughs> it is sexual. She's referencing her having an orgasm and looking at the ceiling. ceiling. And then she calls him ceiling every time they talk. Even... After she goes to him, like even his friends, she's like, "Hey, ceiling." I'm like, uh-huh. "Don't be freaking weird. That's weird." 
I don't like that. Don't be I'm, weird. I I did not like that at all. I'm yeah. sorry. No. Yeah. Sorry, girl. So yeah. Yeah. I so, mean, we could probably talk about this book for a while, honestly. So, so it boils down to do you think that reading this book did it change your perspective at all about race? Um, it did change my perspective, but mostly I think it just made me kind of check myself a little bit more. Yeah. 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 Like the things that I do that I don't know I'm doing are saying like the things that I'm saying, even that are, that I'm trying to be like, well-meaning may not come across that way Mm -hmm. for sure. I love books like that to gain more perspective from. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it definitely, yeah. It was it's, good. I'm glad I read it. Mm-hmm. Good. Okay. Would mm-hmm. you recommend it? Do you think? Yeah, I think so for sure. I think it. I think it needs to be recommended with a, a grain of salt or like a warning. <laughs> not a warning, but just like, hey, this doesn't have a super awesome plot. Yeah. If you're looking for a like, beach read, might not this be ain't it. Yeah, true. And yeah. I did read this on the beach, and I was like. Oh God! Uh, like, let me drink my wet willies. <laughs> yeah, actually, I was listening to it on the beach, and there was one point where Sparrow was coming up to build a sandcastle. She was like, "Mama, take out your ears." <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, I can't. I'm done with this book." Yeah, anyways, so. I can't. yeah, yeah, yeah. It took some like time to get through. Yeah, it, it did. You but I take breaks sometimes. I'm glad I read it. Like, I don't want to read the same kind of book every time. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think everyone should read it. But I think that you should pace yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And take notes and, like, take note yeah. of what you you're doing. You almost feel like you need to reread it because I definitely lost the momentum. Yeah. Mm-hmm, for sure. Yeah. So, overall, I would give it a three three stars. That was my question is what okay. do you guys write it? Okay. Like, good book, good things coming out of it. But it, I probably I wouldn't want to, like, get into it again. Mm-hmm. It's a hard one. Yeah. I think I would give it four stars this time around, which yeah. for me, you'll come to find out, I'm pretty easy handed with five generous. stars. I, I'm trying to quit. I'm trying to be way better about it. But so before it would have been a five star book for me. And I think second time through, it was four stars. And because the reasoning behind that, I think, is because it's a conversation that is not as unique anymore, which I, I think is an awesome thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it stinks that that means it's a four star book now, but I think it's a really awesome thing right. that this was not as groundbreaking as it was for me five years ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I hope that shows too your growth in terms. Oh, I hope so too. Yeah. Like I think, I think that does show that in terms of just how much more aware we all become with hopefully our life experiences yeah. as mm-hmm. hopefully things continue to go in the right direction in mm-hmm at least our three mindsets mm-hmm. that shows that we can kind of help empower the others who aren't going in that direction yet. Yeah. yeah. I think it really, um, pushed me to be more, I don't want to say bold, but I mean, bold, I guess in my curiosity and my questions to any of my, you know, friends that are not the same race as me. Yeah. Right. Like they're not going to hate me because I asked like, so how do you wash your hair? It, yeah. You know, right. or, like I'm interested and I think yeah. that they're cool with probably telling me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think the biggest thing I learned is that I know nothing. It, like yeah, I just exactly. have to have yeah, an open mind true. and I have I to be upfront about the fact that mm-hmm. I am completely or not completely ignorant. Like I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying right, to do right. my best, but 
I'm not there yet and I, I want to learn and I'm eager to like learn everything yeah. I can about other cultures and how we can all coexist better. And I think that's all that everyone asks for. Yeah. That's all we can ask for. Well, thanks for listening, you guys. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, if you have any questions or want to join in the discussion, please, please, please shoot us an email at yourdrunkantspodcast at gmail.com. And follow us on Instagram at yourdrunkants. Send us a message. Yeah, we would love to hear from you. Thanks. See you guys. Bye.